What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Exercise Anatomized Podcast, the show where we pick a band to go through their body of work and try to figure out what went right and what went wrong. I am your host, Mark Sabo, and when I'm not doing this podcast, I mostly write music for Orion's Sword, which is my Sludge of Doom slow metal project. Joining me on this excursion is my good friend, Corey Peterson. Corey handles bass and vocals for the band Thetis, as well as running 37564 Recordings, which is his personal record label for his solo projects. Today's episode finds us cleaning out the metaphorical cupboard. Although Fear Factory had called it quits after the embarrassing Digimortal, Roadrunner still demanded content. So in a surprise move, the band released the long-rumored demo album Concrete. This was the first full album the band ever recorded, and it was produced by new metal producer extraordinaire Ross Robinson. This is ground zero for all the theories of new metal being Fear Factory's fault. We also take a look at the utterly forgettable hate files, which is your bog-standard clean-out-the-fridge release. Proceed. By this point, they're done. They break up. They call it quits. 1.0 is done. 1.0 is done, but Roadrunner still wants albums. So we get Concrete and Hate Files. Concrete is basically Soul of a New Machine's demo, produced by Ross Robinson. I always forget that. Yeah. And the, 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 the legend is that basically he helped them record concrete lost. Like, so I got the article in front of here, but I don't. So although released in 2002, concrete was released in 1991. It was intended to be fear factory's first release, but the band wasn't happy with the record deal that they were in. So they left their producer, Ross Robinson. When they were taken to court, Robinson run the rights of the album and the band retained the rights to the songs. But so my, my understanding is that basically Ross took concrete to the guys in corn and said, what do you think? <laughs> wow. And... Like, to me, that tracks 100%. Because, like I was saying when we talked about Soul, the first Korn album is Fear Factory riffs with hip-hop beats behind it. Yeah. And and then, if you ever listen to Niedermeyer's Mind, it's like, those songs all had straight-up hardcore parts, like, um, overcast in them. And they just took all that out. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, uh, Steve Hurdle, yeah, Steve Hurdle from Gorguts, uh, oh I actually got to, I, I got to meet him uh, when they toured the States for Obscura. Uh, I had a really cool talk with him. Nice guy. I was so bummed when he killed himself. Um, but uh, he said that, like, new metal was basically you took all the simple stuff out of metal, and that's what new metal was, and he, he nailed it because like i said that that first that uh, sitting here thinking about it i'll die on this hill you take out the double kicks put hip-hop beats behind everything and like you know get rid of the the, the, the lockstep riffs of of dino and replace it with whatever the fuck those two were in corner were doing and like i said it 100 everyone likes to say that it's mike Patton's fault for new metal a lot of it a lot of it's on Fear Factory. I mean, that sort of takes some of the blame off Godflesh, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
because that's another band people yeah. were we were kind of blaming where it was like it was like little like you sort of god flesh but really just faith no more but yeah especially yeah. and especially when you hear um scapegoat that's what really yeah favorite scapegoat. oh yeah the, the the first riff for scapegoat is 100 a corn riff yeah exactly yeah. It's just that the corn would never break into like you know that that pre-chorus uh, double bass uh, double bass rip. But it's just so weird when you listen to that one demo and all the songs on from the first corn album have these like straight up hardcore and or thrash parts in them, and it's like, wait, really? Mm-hmm. That Dieter Meyer's mind demo was really weird and really confusing because it's kind of like, wait, so you were doing this stuff and you just took it all out yeah and boom there you were yeah i have a little track listing to concrete all Thank right god rape souls is first i don't like that i don't like that and it's probably just because like i did i i've got i i've got the the soul order stuck in my head and that that's what i know everything but i i don't know i actually I feel like that that spoken word intro works better. Number one, like Soul of a New Machine is just a better version of this. Like it's it hands down. Like this is one of the few cases where the more po- where I like the more polished version better. Yeah, it really yeah. is. The, the the guitars on Soul versus are just so thick and so heavy. Dino only did it, it that that whole album is in drop D. Mm-hmm. It's just drop D. But it doesn't sound like it's drop D. It's like that goes toe to toe for really. Yeah, that sounds like it's at least in B. No, drop no, D. drop D. Because Paper Street played in drop D, and we learned Martyr real quick. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. But um, so yeah, real quick, uh, the 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 trivia on this um. Big God Raped Souls, A Rise Above Oppression, Crisis, Escape Confusion, Dragged Down by the Weight of Existence, which ended up being uh, W-O-E on Soul. Uh, Desecrate, Suffrage, and Self-Immolation were all on Concrete originally. Concrete was uh, later renamed as Concreto on the Digipack for Obsolete. And there is a song on here called Piss Christ, but it's not the same Piss Christ that shows up on DNA Manufacture. And as I mentioned um echoes of innocence has the intro for uh the intro to echoes of innocence is basically a therapy for pain mm-hmm. oh exactly well yeah. th- that's why i thought therapy for pain was on this when yeah. it wasn't really and for some reason i like therapy for pain better than that song it, mm-hmm. i i either i've just listened to soul too many times or what? I think maybe if I would have been there and heard this at the time, maybe I would have liked this better because that's how it seems to be for like everything. But even like listening to this version of Self-Immolation, it's like a live band trying to cover a Godflesh song with real yeah. drums and it doesn't sound the same. Yeah. Like it was meant to be done with a drum machine and they just didn't have one at the time. Yeah, I definitely feel uh, I was I was skipping around on this before we got on the call, and uh, Raymond one hundred percent leveled up his, his his drum skills on this one because it's it I I like I like this album overall, and it's it's definitely like it, it's definitely fun to listen to just kind of like compare and contrast, 
it's it's a little sloppy in spots. It was definitely just like the straight up death metal album. They didn't really have yes. the effects. They didn't really have the effects going on there. Yeah. So it was before that whole concept was even like dreamed up. They were just like a death metal band. Yeah. Really. This is just straight up death metal versions of what they would eventually end up doing later on. Yeah. And it's pretty cool that they, it's pretty cool that it finally did come out. Yeah. No. But it, it's cool. I, I, I went back and I bought this, like I bought it the day it came out. I was looking forward to it and I didn't, it's not something that, that, that I throw on a lot. But it's definitely a cool thing to have, or, or definitely a cool thing to check out, especially if you like the earlier stuff. And of course, later a band called Batillus would put out a record called Concrete. I think that's what it's named, Concrete Sustain or something. I think that's what it's called. But I heard that and it made me think of this. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. Which of course has the guy from. Uh, oh my God, what's what are they called? He's got this industrial thing, but he's also in Tombs now. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Battle is uh, Battleus is no longer around, right? Yeah, they. I. Okay. I don't know if they broke up right when he joined Tombs or what, but okay. And I don't even remember who I saw them open for, but they were pretty cool. And they, they had it. It was like an industrial sludge thing they had yeah. going on, but I didn't realize he had an industrial band going on. I don't know why the name isn't coming to me. Ugh. Static Bloom. Static Never Bloom. Static with a Q. They're pretty good. Okay. I like them. But yeah. That's fine. Also, there's a song called here called Ulceration, which is funny if you listen to Ulcerate. Yeah. And not even like, close. <laughs> like they did not name themselves after a Fear Factory song. No. But I saw that and I was like, oh, but actually, didn't wasn't that their name before Fear Factory? Ulceration? Yes. Yeah, right. I, I didn't mention it, but yeah, it was. They did. It does mention it in here that uh, Ulceration is named after the band's original name. Uh, uh, we were talking about uh, Sangre de Ninos, uh, originally featured on one of the Cry Now, Cry Later seven inch compilations. Really? Yeah, released under the Factoria di Medio marker or wow. moniker. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're still trying to put stuff out while they were trying to figure out what they were doing. Like I, I, I didn't touch on it because I couldn't really make a lot of sense of it. And I didn't want to turn this into like a, a homework assignment, but something weird was going on between like when they signed a Roadrunner and when, uh, they, they, they went back and forth with, uh, Ross on concrete. And I, I the Wikipedia doesn't say much about it and I didn't feel like digging into it, but mm. I feel like, yeah, they, they dropped the Sangre de Ninos on the Cry Now, Cry Later under a different name. And I think they were trying to still put stuff out while still, like, not having to deal with whatever the legal hangups were with, with uh, Robinson and who owned ah, Concrete. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, no, this, this band has always been drama. They've been in court a lot. Yeah. It, we'll, 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 I'm we'll, really we'll, shocked there isn't a dead kennedy's uh style uh thing going on here where there's two versions of the band's touring they're well they're i fully expect it to happen once mm. it, like bird has washed his hands of the whole thing but once they get this new singer 
I totally feel like one day it's just going to be like, fuck this. I'm going to get the two guys that the two guys we <laughs> kicked out on the internet from Strapping Young Lad and a bass player. And we're going to go out as ulceration. He'll get all the stuff from. He'll get he'll get Hoagland, Stroud, and Jed from Strapping Young Lad. <laughs> What what was that what was that band they had called uh uh oh no the the band those guys had after Strapping Young Lad broke up Zimmer's Hole yes it's Zimmer's Hole and Burton C Bell <laughs> it's Burton's Hole <laughs> thanks for that metal image <laughs> oh god okay so hate five uh, I barely heard this. Hate files. Eh, it's fine. It's whatever. I did. Any I did better touch than I, I. I still need to see if it's at least better than remanufacture was. I don't. So it's not the same thing as remanufacture. It's basically again Roadrunners trying. Oh wait, to get... no, it had B sides on it. That's right. Yeah, it had, it had Roadrunners B-sides. trying to get their trying to get their last album out of the, out right. of the contract. So it had remixes and B sides. Yeah, and some of them were on the digipack for obsolete and some of them were just bonus tracks from the other albums yeah um some of it was like uh i didn't i i didn't really touch on it because it wasn't like an official main release and it definitely wasn't something that like i came across but during the remanufacture is from remanufacture there was something called the gabber mixes it was like an ep that didn't come out in the states and i i feel like Cyberdyne, Germany. So what? Yeah, guess probably. Germany. Yeah, it's the same place that I got a like a. I have a I have a CD EP of like four different twelve minute remixes of Snap Your Finger, Snap Your Neck. Guess hey. where it's from? Guess where it's from? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's interesting. I didn't buy it at the time because this was all a bunch of shit that I didn't care about because it was mostly like basically. Post demanufacture, um, I went back and listened to it for this. Uh, there's a re- Invisible Wounds remix, blah. <laughs> Edge Crusher remix, blah. Uh, there's a Descent remix, which I don't know. Descent's fine as it is. Stop fucking with it. So okay, now so, these Colin Richardson mixes on here. There we go. Um, I will say that I. Didn't notice a big difference except on Zero Signal. Mm. There's a completely different vocal take from Bort, from Burton on it, and it's awful. <laughs> oh, God. It's unlistenable. And it's it's only like it's 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 the part where it's like uh so withdrawn and feeling numb, watching my life call all undone. It's not like you know how like that kind of uh it's kind of like a, a higher vocal register when he sings that. Yeah. He kind of goes low on it. And it and I don't think it's just because I'm I'm used to the the version that came out. I don't think it's good. It's weird. It doesn't work at all. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the body hammer mix being all that different, but the zero signal one, like I said, that one got me because it's just like, what? 
Um, oh, and I will I will say that um, there is a super techno-y remix on this, uh, the New Breed remix. It's kind of cool. It's sort of made for that, honestly. It's, it's yeah, yeah. New Breed is 100% like a, a metal techno song, but it, it goes so fast. But like what they, what they do with it in this remix is it's kind of neat. I'm not going to embarrass myself and try to sing what they do, but it changes the song up quite a bit. Hmm, okay. It, it, it really changes the feel up. Um, so I, I do recommend that, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't call it essential unless you're the guy that's really into obsolete and Digimortal, then yeah, this is probably your jam. Oh, you know and, who they should have got to do some of this? Alec Empire. Yeah. I say Alec Empire or even, um, like you said, Aphex Twin. Yeah. Or I don't know. Anyone but Junkie XL. You could get like the Chemical Brothers and it might come out a little better. A little bit. Pitch shifter. Pitch shifter. Pitch shifter. Pitch shifter on this. I mean, so. hey, Carcass could do it. Didn't Carcass do a Bjork remix? They did. <laughs> they did did and i always forget this and i think there's a little bit of mandela effect to that too because i always thought it didn't actually exist and it did it did exist the thing of it is um and this is pure internet scuttlebutt the story on that is um no one told bork that they were giving that song to them to remix (laughs) and bjork was just like that's a deeply personal song to me what are you guys doing oh so it 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 was kind of it got released but it was absolutely dead before it you know dead before it was even born wow did i ever tell you the story about how i was at a cryptopsy show and there was someone in the pit in a swan dress and then when i got home everyone online was saying that bjork was at the cryptopsy show No, this is the first time I've heard that story. Weird. I, I tell a lot of people that story, but yes. So now I've told you that story. Everyone <laughs> thought Bjork was at this Cryptopsy show I went to. And I was like, I saw somebody in a swan dress. That couldn't have actually been her, though. And everyone was no. like, no, it was her. It was her. She was at this show. It was her. God damn it, people. <laughs> Every time people see, and people I know, too. Every time people see celebrities at these metal shows, I'm never there. Like... Two okay. people I know have seen Andre 3000 at a show. Come on. In fact, Ralph, my boy Ralph, he sold Andre 3000 a lymphatic phlegm CD. I'm not kidding. I'm like, let me find out. I'm never, I'm never around for these things. And like, I wouldn't know because I never recognize anybody. Yeah. I didn't recognize Dave Witt when I met him. I didn't recognize uh, the guy uh, Rob from Machine Head when I met him, and he still had the freaking Coolio hair. <laughs> he was standing outside Chinatown because they were about to play. Oh, was after, he, wearing, he was in a band, and it was like, yeah, Machine Head. I was like, oh, wait, I've heard of y'all. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize him at all. Like, in my head, he doesn't look like that. No. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> just out of curiosity, was was he also wearing the fruit roll-up jacket from uh, the Burning <laughs> Red video? <laughs> I haven't seen this. <laughs> Take every light. It looks like an Adidas tracksuit made out of fruit roll-ups. It, I, I forget the name of this song. But it, it was it was one hundred percent off burning red, and it's it's just as cringy as it sounds. He's got the coolio hair, and like I said, it looks like an Adidas tracksuit made out of fruit roll ups. I Not hate the nineties. Not I from hate... this day. Yeah, no. Oh lord, yeah, here it I is. Right... I... Here it is, right here. Well, just yeah. I mean. It's it's just spikes in this video. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it was straight up Coolio that night. That night, because like they weren't the spikes weren't as long in this video. They were okay. much longer when we went there. And you know, everyone gets those when when they do a video. The last video, nothing face did. Uh, rest in peace, Matt Holt. He had he had even longer ones. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. So yeah, that is that is Fear Factory 1.0. Oh. And that wraps up today's episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Corey for coming on the show and helping sort this band out. You can check out Corey and Thetis at Thetis.bandcamp.com. Their new album, Shrines to Absurdity, is up there, and you can check them out on all the streaming services as well. His solo material is at 37564recordings.bandcamp.com. He's also on Twitter at Swan Ronson and on Instagram at World is Bumbacart. I'll have notes for those in the show notes as well. If you want to check out Orion Sword, I am on Bandcamp at OrionSwordBand.bandcamp.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Orion Sword Band. You can also reach the podcast at Excise Anatomized Pod on Facebook, and you can email me directly at Excise Anatomized at gmail.com. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next time.